Hello, hello, and good morning or afternoon, wherever it is that that you are listening in from. Um, happy Friday. I think that that's how I prefer to to start this thing off. Okay, friends, here's the deal. I want you to tag some people in the comments to invite them to hop on because um, sometimes things are important that we hear and um, and and I feel like this is. So, um, oh, happy Friday, friends. Um, I love that. Uh, good morning, Pepper. Hello, Mike and Christy and anyone else that, that pops on. Okay, you guys, we're going to... Um, <laughs> Good job, Mike. Um, we're going to read from Psalms and Haggai or Haggai, however it is that you choose to say that. I don't care. We're we're um on page 1090 in your Bible. It's up to you to find this book in your Bible. I've been in it all week long and I still can't find it. So um it, it takes me a little bit of time. Hopefully that's a comfort to you. <laughs> That um, I don't know where things are either, um, but it's kind of like it's smashed in there. So just look through the books of the prophets. All right. And and, and you will find it um, in case you feel like that was literal, that it's all always on page 1090. That's not true. And I'm sorry for leading you astray. OK, here's the deal. There is information in these two chapters, it's a book that only has two chapters in it. And, and we know like the prophets are windy. They have a lot to say, but Haggai, he, he doesn't, he doesn't have a lot to say. He, but I tell you what, his, his short two chapters pack a punch. And, and here's where I want to start. I want to start by telling you that, and it depends on your translation, but five times, at least five times in two chapters, He starts his words off, his words of the Lord off with, think carefully. Five times in two chapters. Now, when when there's something repeated that often, we have got to tune in and pay attention. Think carefully. Well, I I, I looked it up in in some other translations just so we could be thorough here. Um, Set your heart on your ways. Think carefully or set your heart on your ways, consider your ways and thoughtfully reflect. So those are, we we just need to really pay attention to what it is that that God is saying. Think carefully. Like right now we need to think carefully about what it is that that God is is saying to us. And so I want to start in, um, oh gosh, let's start in in chapter two, um, verse three. The first chapter is really good. So if you have not read through chapter one of, uh, again, we're in Haggai or Haggai, however you choose to say it, um, read through chapter one because it's really, really, really good. Okay. So this is what it says in in chapter two. We're going to start in verse one. On the 21st day of the seventh month, the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai, speak to Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, to the high priest Joshua, son of Jehozadak, and to the remnant of the people. Who is left among you who saw this house in its former glory? How does it look to you now? Does it seem to you like nothing by comparison? Okay, this is really important. 
We can't just breeze past these things thinking that we know what it is that he's talking about. So the entire first chapter, God is just, oh, we've got to go there. We've got to go there. We're going to back up to chapter one really quick um, because this is what he, this is what he says. Um, and so one, four, is it time for you yourselves to live in your paneled houses while the house, this house lies in ruins? God is talking about his own house. Now the Lord of army says this, think carefully about your ways. You have planted much, but harvested little. You eat, but never have enough to be satisfied. You drink, but never have enough to be happy. You put on clothes, but never have enough to get warm. The wage earner puts his wages into a bag with a hole in it. The Lord of armies says this, think carefully about your ways. Go up into the hills, bring down the lumber and build the house and I will be pleased with it and be glorified, says the Lord. You expected much, but then it amounted to little. When you brought the harvest to your house, I ruined it. Why? This is the declaration of the Lord of armies because my house still lies in ruins while each of you is busy with your own house. So on your account, listen, so on your account, the skies have withheld the dew and the land its crops. I have summoned a drought on the fields and the hills, on the grain, new wine, fresh oil, and whatever the grounds the ground yields on man and animal and on all that your hands produce. On your account, God has caused these things to happen. So if you are sitting in a place where you feel like, oh my gosh, there's absolutely nothing I can do to make things go right, to bring in abundance, I need you to stop and reflect and ask yourself, am I lending a hand in building the house of the Lord? We are in a building season. We all, this is global if you are a part of the church, if you are part of the body of Christ, you are in a building season. If your mind is not fixed on the Lord's house, then you are going to be setting your hand, your hands to the plow and not produce anything. The days, oh, my dog wants in. He wants to be a part of this. Go lay down. It's fine. He's fine. Um, we are we are in a time where we have to think carefully, where we have to set our hearts on the things of the Lord, because we have been in a time where we have gotten away with things that we kind of like just, uh, uh, it's not that bad. What I'm doing is it's just not that bad. My compromise is just, it's not that bad, right? Well, it's kind of up in the air as to whether it's that bad. Here's the deal. The Bible's very clear on the things that will steer us in the wrong direction. So you're not that bad. If it falls under any of those things that God says, stay away from this. You are in defiance of the heart of God. You've got to stop playing around. He's coming with fire. And you are standing there and mocking it by saying, it's just not that bad. When we continue to allow ourselves to slip into cyclic behaviors that are holding us hostage from the work of the Lord to build his house, to add to his house, we are standing in defiance of the will of the Lord. I know, I know. 
I know it's a tough word, but we've got to get it together. You guys, he says to think carefully, think carefully. I was listening to um, the British Isles Council of Prophets on, on catch up this morning because listen, I'm not up that early. And um, what, what, honestly, what struck me the most was one of the comments on there. And, and this, I'm not much of a movie watcher and um, I, I can't even tell you the name of, of the, the movie right off. It's, it's from the, the book, the lion, the witch in the wardrobe from that series anyway. And I think it's the last one that, that was out and um, I've only seen it once and I really wasn't paying that much attention, but this one scene caught my attention. It's when Aslan comes back, right? He's resurrected. He is brought back to life. Now we know that Lucy, the character in the book and the movies is, is the one that's really drawn to stay close to, um, to Aslan. And, um, and she meets up with him on a path. She's by herself and she meets up with him by accident. Honestly, I mean, she wasn't, she wasn't necessarily looking for him. And, and he asks Lucy, where did you go? Because she chose to follow her siblings rather than stay the course with Aslan. And he says to her, and this was just so jolting to me. It was just like pierced my soul. He says, but Lucy, you saw where I was leading you. And that's what I want us to hear right now, because the word of the Lord is, you have seen where it is that I am leading you and you are choosing compromise anyway. You are choosing to tolerate. It's just not that bad. Well, it is, friends. It is. It is that bad because you being held hostage to the things that, that keep you in compromise keeps the entire kingdom in compromise because you are carrying a facet, an expression of the kingdom of God. It is in you. It has been rooted in you. And you're holding the whole kingdom in compromise by your decision to tolerate the things that are just not that bad. I know I'm belaboring a point, but I'm doing it on purpose. Okay, let's jump back over to two. Who is left among you who saw this house in its former glory? This is such a fascinating question to me because I believe that the people have gotten to the point where those who knew the glory of the Lord's house have now died off. And this is a generation that doesn't even know what the house of the Lord looks like. This is speaking directly to our generation, you guys, because we have been in compromise as the church for so long that we don't even know what the glory of this house looks like. We don't even know what it looks like to carry zeal for the Father's house. We can point to scriptures that tell us, but we don't know firsthand what the zeal of the Lord's house is like because of the compromise that, that we have been under because we have tolerated things that are not godly. We have tolerated things that are actually quite demonic, to be honest with you. It's time that we get on board with the things of God and we lay our lives down once and for all. We've got to. We've got to, we've got to die to ourselves. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me. It is his honor to come and live as me, as you. 
And it's time we take more seriously what the Lord's house looks like. In Psalm 48, verse 12, verses 12 through 14, Psalm 48, verses 12 through 14, it says this, and this is the Passion Translation. Circle Zion, count her towers, consider her walls, climb her palaces, and then go and tell the coming generation of the care and compassion of our God. Yes, this is our God, our great God forever. He will lead us onward until the end through all time, beyond death and into eternity. I'm going to read it again. Circle Zion, count her towers, consider her walls, climb her palaces, and then go and tell the coming generation of the care and compassion of our God. It wasn't God's heart. In fact, I think we could go as far as saying that it breaks God's heart when a generation does not know what his house looks like. It it breaks his heart that we do not know what his house looks like. And in that Psalm, it's very clear. Survey, take in deeply. It goes back to think carefully, set your heart on your ways, consider your ways and thoughtfully reflect. He's inviting us in, circle my kingdom, take in what it looks like so that you can go and tell the coming generation so they can rightly regard. And this is what I, I did a little bit of research on Psalm 48. Go round about her, fasten together, join in together, move round in a circle as if a people joined together. Hmm. Now for me, this points to the, the first church, right? The, the, the first church in Acts, how they had all things in common. Interesting how they were led by great grace and that there was no need among them. Not one. Not one. They banded together and they said, you know what? Your problems are my problems. And your provision is my provision and vice versa. They joined together. They were tightly knit together because they were capable of thinking carefully. They were capable of setting their hearts on the ways of the Lord and taking it all in. They were capable of surveying the kingdom and being able to pass it down from generation to generation. And they did this quickly, you guys. They had numbers added to them daily by the hundreds, if not thousands. They were able to pass down information day to day. This is what his kingdom looks like because they served it, surveyed it, its details, its contents. And I love that it says to take in the strong towers. Look at those towers. Now, towers were for two pr purposes, a lookout for the watchman or for protection. We're not even utilizing strong towers today. 
We're just like, whatever will be, will be. We have become a generation of lazy children who are satisfied to be bottle fed. And it's just not who we're supposed to be. We're continuing to be tossed on waves back and forth, not knowing who we truly are. We're weak-minded. It's not who we are. We are in compromise. And we have to be able to meet up with Jesus on the road and not have him say to us, but you saw where I was leading you. Where did you go? We're so scared. We're so scared of saying yes to to what it is that he's calling us to. We're so afraid of what it will look like that somehow, somehow he just doesn't have our good in mind. What? That's absurd. I was created to put him on display in the very way that he has in mind. All right, let's go to 210. You guys really should go through and read this whole thing because it's good. Uh, let's actually back up to nine. Sorry, Vince. We're going to back up to nine. Um, we're still in Haggai uh, two and we're going to verse nine. The final glory of this house will be greater than the first, says the Lord of armies. I will provide peace in this place. This is the declaration of the Lord of armies. And I think that it's really important that we make note that he is he is talking as the Lord of armies, the Lord of hosts, the, the Lord of the angel armies. It's really important because the way that God speaks of himself in first person is also information that we need to pay attention to. Why is he calling himself this? Because he knows that there's no way that these people can complete the job that he is handing down without the help of heaven's hosts. It will require us to lean into the provision, the full-on provision that God has for us, which includes the help of the angelic. I'll be the first to admit I don't even know how to co-labor with the angelic realm, but I am willing to learn. I am willing to be wrong. I'm willing to risk it, to, to lean in and be like, okay, you know, um, God, would you please deploy your angelic hosts right now? Because we have a work to do and, and I want to know how to co-labor with them. I'm willing to risk it. I'm willing to, 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 to fall down and not get it right. To have somebody has to come along and say, okay, Angie, actually you're missing it in this area. This is how you do that. See, we're so afraid of getting it wrong that we never even try. And we can't ever get it right if we're unwilling to be corrected. Right? We're afraid of correction. If we're honest, that's what we're afraid of. We don't step out. We don't risk anything because we don't like to be corrected. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I come against every arrogance and every pride that has tried to come in and hold us captive. Right now, I just release us all from that bond. In Jesus' name, that should feel freer. 
Okay, let's keep reading. Verse 10. On the 24th day of the ninth month in the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Haggai. This is what the Lord of armies says. Ask the priests for a ruling. If a man is carrying consecrated meat in the fold of his garment and it touches bread, stew, wine, oil, or any other foods, does it become holy? The priest answered, no. Yes, Carla. If I'm corrected, it wounds my pride for sure. Verse 13, then Haggai asked, if someone defiled by contact with a corpse touches any of these, does it become defiled? The priest answered, it becomes defiled. Then Haggai replied, so is this people and so is this nation before me. This is the Lord's declaration. And so it is every work of their hands, even what they offer, there is defiled. Now from this day on, think carefully before one stone was placed on another in the Lord's temple. What state were you in? Guys, like seriously, I, 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 I'm hoping for, for your sake that you're feeling the, 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 the stern voice of the father in this. He's not playing around. Before you lay one stone on anything that's going to go into building, what are you carrying? What compromise is going in or what mixture are you bringing into the building of my house? It matters. It matters. And, and what we have to, what we have to take into account here is will it stand? Will I be able to take what is built in this season and go and tell the next generation about it? Will it still stand? There's a reason why we have nothing to hand off right now. Because it's not going to stand. It didn't stand. It didn't stand. I'm not saying that nothing has, but over the course of the last 10 years, we haven't been building with, with, with product that holds. We've been building with compromise and mixture. We have decided on behalf of God who he is. I'll be the first to admit that I, I have said that, well, no, God doesn't do that. That's not God. God doesn't do that. If it, if it doesn't coddle my belief system, it's not God. Friends, we've got it wrong. We missed it. We didn't make room for him in, in, oh gosh, we didn't make room for him in his full expression. And for that, I'm sorry. I am. I, he needed, he needed to be able to be free, to be as, as big as he is, as fast as he is for crying out loud. We are walking around on his footstool and we think that we can bring him into a box and say, this is who he is. 
We left out the parts where he was an all-consuming fire. And listen very closely to me because I know full well that if we had allowed him in, in that measure, that there would have been a lot of things that would have happened differently through my history alone. But we went on and on and on about grace, 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 grace. And we had no foundation to stand upon with our grace, 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 grace. And I will not be one that's going to mock grace. I will not even tell you that you can go too far with grace. I will not tell you that there is greasy grace. That is not true. Grace is as big and and wonderful and amazing. And I think that we can test its boundaries all day long. But it would be arrogant to think that you can do that without a foundation of justice. It does become quite sloppy without a foundation of justice. So I'm just asking, can we change our minds? Can he be the all-consuming fire? Can we allow him to be who he wants to be? Including his judgment. We are safer under the judgment of God than we are the judgment of our land. And I am afraid that we have brought ourselves under the judgment of our land and trusted more in that than we have the judgment of our creator. Jesus, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that we have done that, that we have trusted in the law of the land before we have trusted in your courts in your ways, in your justice system. Let's let's keep reading here. What state were you in? When someone came to a grain heap of 20 measures, it only amounted to 10. When one came to the wine press to dip 50 measures from the vat, it only amounted to 20. I struck you. All the work of your hands with blight, mildew, and hail, but you didn't turn to me. This is the Lord's declaration. Do you see what I'm saying? Like we we haven't made room for 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 us to even look at the things that have fallen around us and said, "Oh my gosh. Was that God? Was that his provision? Did he do this? Was I leaning in to my own ability to be my own provider and didn't make room for him? And so it took him creating stuff like this where things just went awry. I don't even have words. I know you can tell I, I, I'm struggling through this because it is like it's coming at me like a wrecking ball. But it's truth, you guys. It's truth. He does these things because he's good. He does these things because of his great love for us. And I know that we can say, mm, that's Old Testament, that, that we're under a new covenant. Yes, that is true. That even under the new covenant, Jesus says, fall on the stone or it will fall on you. Another really difficult part of scripture. But we can't continue to pretend 
that that he doesn't that he he allows us to just continue to make a mess of things. Okay, I won't belabor that either. 18, from this day on, think carefully from the 24th day of the ninth month, from the day the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid, think carefully twice in one sentence. Think carefully. Is there still seed left in the granary? The vine, the fig, the pomegranate, and the olive tree have not yet produced, but from this day on, I will bless you. This day on, I will bless you. Okay. He's just asking us to be cautious of what it is that we are allowing in our lives right now that we would no longer find ourselves in compromise, that we would stop tolerating the things that God is not tolerating, that we would contend as a people who know what the house of the Lord looks like. That Listen, I, this, is, this is what I feel like God is saying, like, do not utter another prayer, another teaching, another prophecy, until you have thought carefully about what it is that that will build. We're in a series right now uh, called King of Kings. And, and I, I know that God is being very intentional about asking us to step into that. He is being very intentional about what it is that, that is being brought to the table. And, and I felt this morning, just like him really pressing in even, even tighter and saying, don't. Lean on your own understanding when you are serving up a teaching or when you are leading in prayer or when you are prophesying. Think carefully about what it is that, that's going into this building process because we are building right now. A, a few months ago, um, God had said to me, I don't want you to pay attention to who's in the room. I have you teaching for another purpose. You are, you are teaching to build and you are teaching to clear. And so think carefully about your assignment in this hour because there's purpose on it. There, there's greater purpose than just you getting up and doing the thing. You must think carefully about what it is that is being built through what it is you're releasing. And we are all releasing something at every turn. And, and I would even go as far as saying, allow him to fill your mouth with praise. Because praise right now is what is establishing his government on the earth. He's reestablishing, right? Reestablishing his government on the earth. And praise is what does that. So if we do not yield and say, God, only you know what is right for me to release in praise right now. We can't even praise without him. So just ask him before you do anything. Set your, set your mind on things above and yield to the voice of God. And say, only you know. What should be released right now? Only you know. So fill my mouth 
with what it is that that it should be released right now. Because we are establishing with every word, every word that comes from our mouth, we are establishing. So think carefully. Really, I think that there's some of us that just need to be quiet until we can align ourselves rightly with what it is that God has for us in this season. Because if you're still leaning on your own understanding, you're still feasting on the manna in the wilderness. And we've come up out of the wilderness and we are in a building season. So if you're eating a manna or even the quail from the wilderness, that's stale, it's old, it's rotten because it's not where we are. It isn't. It's not where we are. So stop fooling yourselves to believe that you are in a wilderness season because you are not. That's not to say that this is not difficult, but it's difficult because he's coming at us with an all-consuming fire. And I don't even want to give you permission to whine about the difficulty. It's We are in a spiritual war like I have never known I've never known a spiritual battle like the one that I I am feeling on a regular basis. There is a battle over the mind right now. Just a fierce battle over our minds, over our mental capacities. And, And that's, you know, the scripture aligns so well with that. Think carefully. Think and think again, right? Can you say that? I'm going to think and then I'm going to think again. It's really important that we're mindful right now. So if you feel as if you are in the wilderness, um, I I want you to, to be bold enough to say, okay, God, I believe this and I'm recognizing this is a lie. And here I come, I'm coming up and out of, of the wilderness and, and I'm leaving the provision of the wilderness behind it doesn't take any faith to feast on yesterday's meal. You know, the, the faith is our faith is activated by reaching into the provision that is to come and pulling it into now. Right. We are, we are a prophetic people. We must reach in and lay hold of the provision attached to the promise, not for yesterday. Anyone can do that. But for tomorrow, for what is to come, we have to be living several steps ahead right now. If we're in, if, if we're not in step with the spirit, we are, we are in a foothold with the demonic. Okay. I, I know this is strong language and I don't usually talk like this, but it's true. God said to me, you have had a you have you have been dwelling in the shack of Satan with one foot in my kingdom. And he's over it, you guys. He's over it. The um he says he is the way maker, but we have taken on the responsibility to be the way maker for our own lives. And and quite frankly, that is not how the kingdom works. And that's why I love this in, in Psalm 48, where it says, Circle Zion, count her towers, consider her walls, climb her palaces, and then go and tell the coming generation. This 
is a group activity. Think about, um, oh gosh, Jericho. That that wasn't that that was a band of believers that were circling Jericho for the walls to come tumbling down. You guys, this wasn't a an individual job. This was they went together, and so that's what this is talking about in Psalm forty eight. Together, go and survey my house. He's looking for a body that knows that they are together. He is, you know, the, the picture that I get, and it's, I don't even know what the toy was, but where their, their arms could be pulled out and, um, and like totally disjointed and, um, or it's the legs, just the extremities. And, and it could be completely like, just like disjointed and hanging. And that's what I feel like the body of Christ has looked like over the past 10 to 12 years. And he doesn't want it to look like that anymore. He doesn't want his body to be malfunctioning anymore. He wants us to be together, moving as one. He is He's asking that we stop compromising our oneness, our union as his body, that we move together, which is going to take a corporate anointing to come on us because we need all the help we can get, right? Amen. We need all the help we can get for us to, to move as one body and put his house on display. And I love it in here that he says, like in, in, in chapter one, when he's like, your house lies in ruins. Like you left mine to lie in ruins. Therefore, yours does too. But when we seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, all these things are added to us. When we focus on his kingdom first, our houses, our individual houses become a reflection of the Lord's. So if we turn our backs on the Lord's house, then that's where we end up looking like we're living in the shack of Satan. It's just true. It's just true. Okay. I, I do want to finish reading this because, you know, it, it gets better. Um. So verse 20, the word of the Lord came to Haggai a second time on the 24th day of the month. Speak to Zerubbabel. That's fun to say, Zerubbabel. Governor of Judah, I am going to shake the heavens and the earth. I will overturn royal thrones and destroy the power of the Gentile kingdoms. I will overturn chariots and their riders, horses. Wait, yes, horses and their riders will fall each by his brother's sword. On that day, this is the declaration of the Lord of armies. I will take you, Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, my servant. This is the Lord's declaration and make you like my signet ring for I have chosen you. Oh my gosh, all of these things that he's saying he's going to overturn or throw down. These are all of the things. These are these are the, the squatters on our land, you guys. They're the ones that have come in because as the gates, we've allowed all of this mess through. And God is saying, don't worry about it. Focus on my house. Understand, survey my house. I'll take care of the squatters. You know, he's going to overturn and destroy all that has been lost because we've allowed it through. He's going to come in and save the day. And then he says, and, and then I'm going to make you like my signet ring. Wow. 
Do we understand what that means? The signet ring of the Lord is permission to go and establish. It's all the permission we need. It's all we need. But we have to first do a walkabout and survey the Lord's house, become very familiar with his house first. We have to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. We have to better understand his character and his nature. He said to to me the other day, he's like, memorize my moods, my facial expressions. He's looking for people who will know him intimately and who will see him moving, see him reaching with his hand and not say that it's not him. Listen, if God is, is, is causing if if it is his will to cause a catastrophe on the earth, it is our job to call it good and for our good that he does so. It's his kindness that leads us to repentance. And that doesn't always look like a squishy hug. Sometimes his kindness looks like a striking And I know it's uncomfortable for us because we haven't allowed him to be a full expression. We have once again put him in a box and labeled it grace and said, oh, these are your parameters. And then when he starts causing catastrophe and and he's doing things that don't look like grace to us, we're like, oh, it's the enemy. How dare we call the hand of God the enemy? It's his kindness that leads us to repentance. It's his kindness. So if he's turning up the fire all around you, thank him. It's for his good. For your good. Sorry. It's for our good. It's for our good. Do not lean into yesterday. Do not lean into the wilderness and start feasting on that stuff. We do that to attempt to comfort ourselves because we're unfamiliar with this God. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I release over us the corporate anointing. That we would be those who flow as one. That we would be those who ha- hear our marching orders. And that we move forward. That we advance. That we will take your kingdom with us. That we will stretch it out. That we will walk under the understanding of your government authority. Recognizing that it is the only thing that has no end. It is the only thing that is lasting because everything else is getting folded up and being rebuilt in the end. So we say yes to the call to be your ambassadors. We say yes to thinking carefully, to thinking and thinking again. We say yes to considering deeply what it is that we are putting into this building process. God, I just thank you. I thank you for putting us on notice. I thank you for your kindness. 
and I admit that it doesn't look the way I thought it would. But I also admit that I am okay with it. That I will be one who will go without knowing. That we will be those who will go without knowing. Father, I thank you for your provision. I thank you for the invitation to seek your kingdom out first and knowing full well that you take care of those who work for you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Just thank him. Just thank him right where you're at. Jesus, we just thank you. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for breaking out of our boxes. We thank you for being as grandiose as you are displaying yourself right now. We thank you that you're coming to us as an all-consuming fire. And I just want to say, I just feel this is bubbling up in my spirit, that if you feel as if you are losing everything, think carefully about what it is that he is doing in your life. Because there are those who he will strip of everything to be able to use in the measure that he has intended. Because there are earthly things that hold us hostage when he is wanting us to be free. So think carefully. Consider what it is that the Lord is doing first before you assign it to Satan, okay? Think carefully. All right, friends, I bless your weekend. I bless your weekend with with thoughtful thinking. Have, Have a wonderful rest of your Friday and enjoy your Saturday and Sunday, and we'll talk soon, okay, friends? Love you.